0: My name is Ryan Tamori, and this is the Pit Press Podcast, New Mexico Alumni Media. On behalf of my co-hosts, Eric Moulton and Ed Nunez, we would like to thank those that make this show possible, our sponsors. Are you ready to discover the ultimate fitness experience in Albuquerque? Look no further than Absolute Fitness ABQ, your one-stop destination for reaching your fitness goals. And here's some exciting news. Absolute Fitness is proud to be the exclusive first-form retailer in New Mexico absolute fitness where your fitness journey begins visit their website at www.absolutefitnessabq.com or give them a call at 505-373-6500 to learn more and sign up for a membership remember as the exclusive first form retailer in new mexico they're here to help you take your fitness to the next level
1: the paper is podcast.
2: It's not there. Oh, is Gets the Lobos the lead! New Mexico's going to dribble out the front. The Lobos, three deep, as conference title champions, Kendall Williams, fires the ball into the air. But New Mexico wins it this afternoon.
0: automatic bid into the NCAA Tournament. All right, welcome to the Pit Press Podcast. I'm one third of it. My name is Ryan Tamori. I'm going to do this quick. <laughs> As always, I'm joined by my co-host, and I guess, what did I say last episode, interviewer guy, so much for my college education, Mr. Ed Nunez, who uh, is the voice of Western New Mexico and a Lobo fan since 1970. How are you, sir?
2: Doing good, Ryan. Uh, another great uh, guest. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, we're really happy to have this guy on. You know, I'm going to do this right now.
2: Alfred with five. Alfred with three. Step back three. Alfred carries it with one point eight.
0: Bruins by three. Arizona on timeouts. Our next guest is a former La Cueva standout. He played his College of Basketball at the University of California, Los Angeles. For you non nerds out there, that is UCLA. From 2014 through 2017, he averaged 13 points per game, just under four assists, and about three rebounds per game. He set UCLA's career record for most three-pointers made. That's 329. At UCLA, he had a school record 116 three-pointers as a senior after having made 93 triples as a sophomore in 2014 and 2015. He helped lead UCLA to a 6-3 mark in three trips to the NCAA tournament. That includes three Sweet 16 appearances, 2014, 2015, and 2017. If you couldn't tell by the name, he's the son of former UNM men's head basketball coach Steve Alford. More importantly, though, he is hosting the second Bryce Alford basketball camp From Monday, July 17th through Thursday, July 20th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at La Cueva High School. Registrations are still being accepted and you can nab more information at com. Our next guest is Bryce Alford. Bryce, thank you for joining us and how are you today, man? I'm doing well. That was a heck of an intro. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, I got to build up my guests. Uh, it's it's what I do. <laughs> first off, first and foremost, tell us about your camp.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, this is something that I've, I've been wanting to do for a long time. I got to do it for the first time, um, I want to say four years ago. Um, and uh, it's something I want to do every summer, but then obviously COVID happened and it kind of shut down summer camps for kids for a while. Um, so we're getting it back going this year. This will be our second year doing it. Um, but yeah, just really excited. I love any excuse I have to get back to Albuquerque and obviously give it back to that community I, I grew up in. I went to middle school and high school in Albuquerque, spent um, six years there. So uh, I still call that place home a lot of times. And so uh, I'm really excited to get camp going next week. The camp is open to both boys and girls in the third through ninth
0: grades. You normally don't hear that when it comes to sports camps with how everything competitive sports-wise is these days, especially with youth now. Why that decision?
1: Well, we did, a, we did boys only my first year, and we got a ton of uh, parents reaching out if we were doing a girls' camp. Um, and so I've I've always kind of followed my, my dad's camp model. I grew up going to his camp uh, in Indiana. He's had his camp now for over 35 years there. Uh, and they started doing boys and girls together probably 15 years ago. Um, so it's just something that I've seen work. And uh, like I said, I got a lot of uh, parents asking if I was doing a girls camp. And so I didn't want to leave people out. So Um, at the ages that we're doing, especially the younger ages, the boys and girls being together, it's, it's, it is what it is. A lot of times you see some girls in there that can beat up on the guys. So, um, I just wanted to be all inclusive and and try to, you know, make sure that anybody that wanted to come to camp was allowed to.
0: Well, you told you told Jeff Grammar in the journal article. Now you told us that quote. You really enjoy, or excuse me, really have any excuse to come back to Albuquerque, and that you use that camp because I don't get to come back here to Albuquerque as much as you like. You kind of touched on it, but what makes Albuquerque so special to you?
1: Well, I just uh, you know being I'm 28 years old now, and like I said, I was there from middle school and high school, so. That's a big chunk of my childhood um you know i've got a lot of a lot of my childhood friends still live in albuquerque um so though some of those guys will be helping me out with camp and uh i married uh, my wife she's from albuquerque she's a la cueva girl as well so uh, i just have a lot of ties there and then obviously uh my time there i just really enjoyed you know i loved i loved going to my dad's games in the pit uh, i loved being a lobo fan And then I loved playing in that town. You know, I can remember my senior year, uh, majority of my high school games were sold out. And that was just something that I just had a lot of, a lot of support. And I still, to this day, get a lot of support from people in New Mexico. So um, it's nothing but love for me, for Albuquerque and and the state of New Mexico. So I, I just enjoy coming back.
0: Obviously, you played at UCLA. It's a different market. Southern California is a different culture. Um, but how does the love of basketball compare to that here in Albuquerque and in the state of New Mexico with UCLA and its legacy?
1: Well, obviously UCLA is, is its own beast, um, just in terms of, you know, John Wooden and everything else with the tradition there. Um, but you know, nothing compares to the pit, nothing I've ever played in. I played four years at UCLA. I played at Rupp Arena. Um, I've played at... Uh, the Mikhail Center three times, nothing compares to the pit when it's in its heyday. And so um, the passion is there uh, in in Albuquerque and in New Mexico in general. Uh, That's what I've always loved. And that's why another reason I do camp is because people love the game. People love the game in New Mexico. And uh, LA is just a different beast because you've got so many different sports and so many pro avenues going on. And so much, just there's so much going on in LA that uh, even if we sold out a game at UCLA, usually it it took until the second media timeout for that thing to be full. So, uh, whereas in like a place like the pit, it's full before tip off. So it's just a different. It's a different, like you said, different avenue, different market. But um, the passion is is incredible in New Mexico for basketball.
0: You kind of elaborated on that, and I, that's how I kind of wrote this question. So forgive me. You know, I said UCLA is UCLA. No need to paint the picture of the basketball history there um but you had an a, a, a outstanding career there you're the school's number 5 all-time leading scorer with 1922 career points you became UCLA's only player to record over 1700 career points and 500 assists with the legacy of that program do you ever think that there's something you would that you would or could accomplish going there
1: uh i mean no you know i i be honest, i was committed to come to new mexico uh i just knew i wanted to play for my dad I'd grew up going to all my dad's practices, riding on the bus with his teams. Um, I knew all of his offensive sets from the time I was probably 12 years old. Um, So I I just I knew that that's what I wanted to be a part of, because I I loved how my dad ran, ran his, you know, his programs. And so uh, once I started to become a better player in high school, I kind of told my dad pretty early on, if you think I'm good enough, I want to come play for you. Uh, and then, you know, it it just a crazy thing happened in the summer that year where he got a call from UCLA. And I tell people all the time, my family, my dad, myself, we loved it in New Mexico. And there's maybe a handful of teams, if not less that could have called my dad and, and, and kind of, and got him to, to leave and UCLA was one of them. And, um, so yeah, when, when that happened, we just, you know, we took it head on and, uh, one of the first questions I asked my dad I said is, am I am I good enough to play in the Pac-12? Am I good enough to play at UCLA? And he reassured me right away that I was. And um, so, yeah, I just went, I, I tried to attack it head on. And uh, I was lucky enough to have some really, really good teammates in my four years there. So uh, the 500 assists part definitely is because of that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have imagined I had the career that I had. But I also was confident that, that I was a, a good enough player to play there and, and have a good career.
2: You know, you mentioned Bryce, the power uh, of the pit. You mentioned that. You also mentioned the tradition at UCLA and Wooden, uh, Walt Hazard, Gail Goodrich, Al Walton, Marcus Johnson, Reggie Miller. There's so many great names, and uh, you know, your name's right amongst the. It's one of the leading scores of all time. That's got to be a uh, very special for you, considering <clears throat> the tradition they have there at UCLA. But you know, you mentioned that the, the UCLA was one of the few schools that could have called. You know, your dad uh, to leave and. This brings us to our next question. Your dad had just signed an extension at UNM and then UCLA came calling. Had your father stayed at UNM, there's probably a pretty good chance you would have been a Lobo. Have you, do you ever think about that?
1: Yeah, I think about it all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to play kind of the what if game, you know, of, uh, of thinking, you know, if, you know, different life decisions uh, can impact you in different ways. And, um, I wouldn't trade what happened for anything because I, I, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And and at the end of the day, I got to play at one of the best programs uh, in the nation for basketball. And I think it helped me in my pro career um, and, and kind of helped open some doors for me that way. But, of course, you know, thinking about being kind of the hometown kid and, and playing where I grew up and you know, playing in the Mountain West and seeing the career that I had at a power five school Um, to be able to to kind of imagine what I could have done at New Mexico and that sort of thing. And it's definitely something I've thought about. And um, it would have been interesting. It would have been an interesting four years of me at New Mexico. So, yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say I've I've definitely thought about it in the past.
2: You know, we mentioned this to Roman Martinez. I mentioned this to J.R. Giddings in in a previous interview. You know, your dad, a gold medal winner, won a national championship, played for Bob Knight, played for your grandfather. And there's so many things that might not be just one thing. You know, your brother, Corey, was an assistant with him. You know, when you played in La Cueva, your dad's always in the stands, I remember. What was the biggest thing you took from having your dad as your coach at UCLA? Um, I
1: Well, for one, the memories um, of, of just – we have lifelong memories now of, of those four years together. And that's what I tell people, too, is if I would have gone and played somewhere else uh, and not had, had him as my coach – because he is a coach, he would have never been able to see me play in college. Um, you know, he wouldn't have been able to go to one game because, you know, schedules are, are too difficult that way. So I got to he got to see every single one of my games up close and personal. So that's something that I'll always we will be able to remember for our life um, and nothing can replace that. But um, the biggest thing I take away from from him and being around him is just the work ethic that it takes to, to get to a level like that. Um, and to have the success that he's had at, at every stop he's been, uh, with arguably New Mexico being his most successful. So uh, just the work ethic and the dedication and kind of the obsession you have to have of of just getting better at whatever it is that you do every day.
2: While well, being coached by uh, you know your grandfather and Bob Knight, I read a season on the brink, man. I read that book and <laughs> there was a lot of great parts of that. There really was, you know, Bryce, you played with two of the top 20 players. Taken in the 2017 draft. Lonzo ball, number two overall. And you know, Lonzo Ball's hit some bad times with that knee. It's unfortunate, you know, with the uh, the knee problems he's having, and TJ Leap, number 18 overall. Can you describe what it was like watching and playing with them during the 16-17 season?
1: Well, that was a special team. I think that was arguably one of the best offensive teams there's been in college basketball in a long, long time. Uh, statistically, we led the nation or we're top five in the nation in just about every category. And uh, it was just a fun team to be a part of because any given night, one of our players could have had 30 points. Uh, we would had a ton of games that we had as a team, 20 to 30 assists as a team. And uh, we played so up and down so fast and, and shot a ton of threes. And we were allowed to do that because of guys like the two that you mentioned, because – um Lonzo was so good at getting a rebound and pushing the break and uh, a lot of people asked me especially when I was in uh, my pre-draft stuff uh, coming out of college because he was in that draft as well uh, a lot of NBA executives were asking me what makes Lonzo who he is or why should we take him in the the top five what makes him better than so-and-so and And what I told him is I've never had I've never played with a guy that hits you in your shooting pocket on every single pass and it was incredible that Uh, I mean, my three-point percentage from my junior year to my senior year went up by, I think, six or seven percent. And a lot of that is a testament to him just because, one, when I was open, he would always find me. But, two, he would hit me right in my shooting pocket. And as a shooter, that makes things really easy. Um, But, yeah, I played with, like I said, I played with a ton of really, really good talent. I played with those two. uh, Kyle Anderson, my freshman year. Um, Zach Levine, who I'm still very close with. I played with my freshman year. Um, so yeah, Norman Powell, I can go down the list. There's a ton of guys, but, uh, yeah, a lot of really good, talented teammates I had in four years.
0: I don't know if I can ask a better question to answer that answer that great <laughs> or to back up that answer you just gave. Cause it was amazing. Um, and before I ask this question, you're, you're talking to somebody who went to mass, uh, in central New Jersey with my grandmother. In Polish. So I'm going I'm, to get, I'm, my last name isn't Italian. It's, it's Hungarian. I'm half Polak, half, half uh, Hungarian. And I'm going to attempt this the best I can, man. So bear with me. You play professionally mm-hmm. in Poland now, playing for Zielona Gora. And I even recorded it. Zielona Gora. Zielona Gora. What is it like playing in the Polish professional league?
1: Yeah, I've kind of bounced around. Um, I've played three years in the, in the NBA G League um, and then I have I just finished my third year overseas. So I've just kind of been bouncing around, trying to make it wherever I can and um, trying to just progress my playing career. So I played in Germany my first year overseas. Then I went to Portugal and then this past season I was in Poland. So um, it's a it's a weird deal overseas. You kind of sign one year contracts for the most part and you could be in one country and then the next country and then the next. And so uh, you kind of just try to figure out what your niche is over there and, and where you fit in. And uh, so the Polish league was good. Uh, very, um, very competitive league, very physical league. A lot of times it felt like I was playing rugby out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just it's fun. It's fun to travel to, to these different countries and kind of see how the game is different in each country because it is. Um, but yeah, I had a very good year this year in Poland and still waiting to figure out where we're going next. You
0: mentioned that you played in the NBA G League. You played for the Oklahoma City Blue and the Windy City Bulls. Uh, you obviously have a 14-month-old baby. Congratulations. You have a, a child over the air with your wife. Uh, and they lived with you in the past year while you played in Poland. But is there still, obviously, and you're you're in your prime at 28 years old, but is there still a chance in your mind you're like, man, I would love a crack at making an NBA roster?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always um – know my dream wasn't to play overseas you know my my childhood dream was to play in the nba and so um i'm realistic i'm not not somebody who's uh kind of far-fetched in the way that i think um but you know i do i've always thought that that in the right situation um with the right team that i i could make a roster and and be a guy who can make an impact but uh what i've learned over the years is kind of to control what i can control and um my first two years in the G League with the Blue I had phenomenal years I led the G League in threes made my first year um and I didn't get any call ups so it kind of got to the point where uh it was kind of like what more can I do uh to kind of earn that to earn that uh that possibility of getting a call up and so at, at some point it becomes okay we got to go overseas and just make you know as much money as you can in your playing career because our playing careers in basketball aren't that long. So um, I'm going to keep grinding it out overseas as long as the financial side is worth it. And, you know, if the NBA ever comes calling, I'm not going to say no. So I,
0: I, as I reread that question, that was a dumb question. Of course you want to play in the NBA, but um, you, you also said that you're not sure where you're going to play basketball next year. You mentioned the one year contracts. Um, Let's say the, you know, you're not in the NBA and I asked this just, maybe with beautiful places around the country? Is there a specific place maybe that you would want to play internationally?
1: Uh, I mean, really any of the top leagues um, in Europe, which if you run down the line, Germany's great. France is great. Spain, Italy, um, Turkey, uh, Israel. There's a lot of really good leagues. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously – An easy sell to my wife is Italy, Um, so that would be great. It's a great basketball league, a great place to live. Uh, We have visited there while we've been in Europe, so we love it as a family. Um, So I've got some connections there. So if somebody in Italy calls, that's that's the right situation, then I think we'd probably jump on that.
2: You know, I mentioned Bryce, I had a chance to talk to Coach Castillo today, and as a senior at La Cueva, you became the state of New Mexico's all-time leading scorer surpassing Nick Pino who uh, was just inducted into the New Mexico sports hall of fame a couple of years ago, Nick, the stick, what did that mean to you?
1: Well, I still, uh, Nick did a great thing for me, um, and gave me a, a ball that had his scoring record. And then my scoring record, uh, he he made a basketball for me. And then, uh, I don't remember when it was, it feels like forever ago now, but he handed that to me and I still have that at my parents' house, but Obviously anytime you break a record that I think was fifty years old at the time, um, it was it was a very cool uh cool thing to accomplish. And um yeah, will it'll, it'll be interesting to see how long that record lasts.
2: It lasted a long time. You know, as a senior at La Gueva, uh I was broadcasting the championship game that you played against El Dorado. It was a shootout. Shootout mm-hmm. with Henry Tafoya. I uh, broadcast that game with him. Um it was a great game. Uh El Dorado, of course, had your AAU teammate. Cullen Neal, uh, shootout, like I mentioned, very close game. What are your recollections of that contest?
1: I, well, the f- the first thing that comes to mind is, um, yeah, that that was, our, that was me and Cullen's junior year. Um, and it was kind of a, a season-long series between us that uh, being in the same district as them, uh, we beat them twice at their place, and then they beat us twice at our place. And that was kind of like game five um, at the pit. So it was like this this major buildup going into that game uh, kind of both teams. We felt like that was who we were going to run into in the championship. And then uh, once we got put on the opposite sides of the bracket, that was the game, you know, we, we knew that that's what it was going to be. And then um, we showed up for that game and the student sections behind each basket went all the way to the top. It was sold out. Um, It looked like a New Mexico Lobos game in there. And so uh, probably to this day, one of my favorite games, even though we lost one of my favorite games to play in just because of the support that we had and um, obviously the magnitude of of what it meant to be the state champion and it being kind of the deciding game between the two teams in the series for that year.
0: Okay. I was there. Yeah, it was a madhouse. I remember that. Yeah, He he is uh, hosting his second basketball camp, the Bryce Alford basketball camp from Monday, July 17th through Thursday, July 20th. Again, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at La Cueva High School. Registrations are bill- still being accepted, and you can nab more information at BryceAlfordBasketball.camp.com. Bryce, is that is that all the information out there? I hope I got that all right.
1: You got it right. You killed it.
0: All right, perfect. Hey, man, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining the Pit Press Podcast.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. The Pit Press Podcast.
2: some room, and he gets it. And the royal all over still launches, and still finds a to hit. for mash it's not there, oh.